All right, welcome, inappropriate Earl maniacs, and a lot of newcomers via the YouTube channel because I've started when I can putting up full episodes on YouTube. That's youtube.com backslash Earl Skakel. And uh, this is going to be one of the last inappropriate Earls on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Because in 2022, we're going to Patreon, baby. I'm not going to ask for a lot of money, but daddy's got to start making some scratch. But in this episode, it's kind of a how-to on how to watch Cobra Kai, which comes out New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2021. So in four days. It's Cobra Kai season four, but I think a lot of people are going to get confused and probably were confused last season when a lot of the flashbacks to Vietnam happened. If you did not see the movie Karate Kid 3, which was essentially the backstory for last season and this upcoming season. So we're bringing back everyone's favorite sidekick. She's a real Southern Belle, Chandler Ann Barbie. Pick up the mic, man. You told uh, me not to say anything. Get off the phone and then like. I'm sorry. I was looking at berets. I got a beret for you. You don't even know how to spell it. B-E-R-E-T. Anyway, um, because Chandler is the perfect person for the last few months, I've been telling her. You must watch Karate Kid Season 3 to get the bad guy that's coming up in Cobra Kai Season 4. That is Thomas Ian Griffith, who plays a Trump-like businessman, Terry Silver. And we watched it the other night. Chandler had never seen the movie before. What did you think? You're a filmmaker. You're a writer. Uh, You are... Also, 29 years old. So Karate Kid 3 came out three years before you were born. (laughs) Hello! What did you think of it? There were too many plot holes. I thought it was stupid, and you got mad because I was doing side commentary the whole time. First of all, Ralph Macchio put on a lot of fucking weight in that movie. Let's not body shame, but he was, you could tell he was going to the clubs a lot in his 30s, if you know what I mean. Got a beer face. And he was walking around like he had ants in his pants, always doing the jive. Him and John Travolta must have went to the same acting coach because they both did that little like jig when they walk. They're like, whoa, whoa, what are, you, what are you talking about, tough guy? It's like, what the, who taught you to do that? No regular person acts like that. Fake. Which is something I noticed in that movie watching it with you. I had never noticed what Chandler's talking about is in a lot of the scenes, he almost looks like he has Tourette's when he's acting, like he's like moving his hand. It was making me dizzy. I think I said that. I'm like, I can't concentrate. He keeps moving so much. Like he would just be like shaking, like trying to convince people to do stuff. And that like gives me anxiety. But I mean, Karate Kid 3 is probably... uh, I guess it's considered the worst of the three. Um, And then, of course, after Karate Kid 3, you had Hilary Swank. So you made me watch the worst one? Academy Award winner who appeared in the next Karate Kid where only uh, Pat, uh, the uh, Mr. Miyagi, was (laughs) the only one (laughs) from the films. This is exactly what I was talking about. Pat Benatar was not in. I've next. never seen. I've never seen it. But that well, that gonna, is not wrong I've never for me seen to it say either because I've never seen it. It came out in the like late mid nineties or mid nineties. She was hot stuff back then. How would like you said, Pat? Uh, how many famous Pats do you know? I don't know any. Exactly. I know Pat uh, Brady, my uh, voiceover agent who just retired. And uh, thank you, Pat. Miss Pat, Pat at the store. Miss Pat, my roast battle uh, season one, the only season I acknowledge. Uh, 
castmate uh, who her and Ralphie May battled. Uh, that was an awesome battle to put two people together who'd never battled before. Anyways, do you know any other famous Pats? No, you don't. I know uh, Pat Tillman, the uh, soldier who... Uh, okay, was, so that's uh, it. That's that's a dude I admire. He left a fat NFL contract after 9-11 to uh, fight in war. And then he got killed did by he, friendly fire. Did he actually fight? Oh, yeah, well. no, he actually did. Because um, I know a few people who ride that train saying they went over there, and I'm like, you were a paper pusher. Oh yeah, there's a certain comic who I won't name because he's actually a good person, but he tells people he served in Iraq, which he technically he was there, but he was like literally. Uh, I think running the fax machine, so not really in danger. Yeah, there's another guy, very famous, that says the same thing. And then, like, I told my brother, who's, like, actually legit, started at 18 and been in the military his whole life. And he was like, yeah, those are paper paper pushers. Fake. Fake. Okay, well, let's get back into Karate Kid 3. Here's why I liked it. And here's why I think it sets up uh, so well with Cobra Kai. And I'm asking you this, not telling you. Don't you think... Cobra Kai works because they don't take itself too seriously. I think the whole franchise is that. But I mean, the first one, the stakes are high. They act like the stakes are high, but they're really not. And that's like what makes it good is like. But the first one was a semi-serious movie, like teen angst. Yeah, but this that's like in acting class 101, like the reason like this, this is like a sitcom almost. You know what I mean? Like. In a sitcom, you make the stakes high for little things like the turkey's gone, Ugh, and you act like it's in the world. But like in actual dramas, like Ray Donovan, you don't. When the stakes are high, you make them small, and you like act like it's not a big deal. Like you're like, Mr. President, there's a bomb heading towards Earth. Like people are gonna be like, there's a bomb heading towards Earth. So in Karate Kid Three. When those guys kept coming, they'll be like, hey, man, I'm going to beat you up if you don't go into the tournament. I'm like, just beat him up then. Who would say this over and over? Shut up. This makes no sense. This is so stupid. You're going to beat someone up over and over so then you can beat them up in a tournament? Like, I know it's for, like, money or whatever, but this is so dumb. Well, I mean, but that's why I like Karate Kid 3 because clearly Terry Silver, played by Thomas Ian Griffith, who... And you guys know I like this little Tourette's bit of info. His first acting role, season three, Phil the Shill, Miami Vice. He was an extra in the pool party scene. So he is the... It'd be funny if he said his IMDb was wrong and he wasn't. No, he was. I I framed the uh, pool party scene and he's in a pair of red... What the... Something's wrong with you. He's in a pair of red trunks. (laughs) He comes on your podcast and you're like, I want to talk about the red trunk scene from Miami Vice. He's like, get away from me, you stalker. But I think that... um, You're disgusting. Sorry, carbonated water. Uh, That's not even water. But that's almost... I've always wanted to do a almost like a side podcast or... Stop! What is wrong with you? I'm excited talking about this movie. I'm going to go upstairs. Um... Where you have on famous actors, like say you have Tom Cruise on. Now he's probably not going to do this podcast, but let's say I got so big as a comic. Dream big. <laughs> say I got so big as a comic that I could get anyone I wanted on a weekly basis. So Tom Cruise, Earl, I'll do your podcast. Tom Cruise comes over. He thinks, oh, he's going to ask me about Top Gun. He's going to ask me about Born on the Fourth of July. And I start asking him about like his first movie, Losing It. I think that'd be an interesting podcast where you talk about the actor's least known movies. But most actors don't want to talk about their least known or their worst movies. But no, I'm not saying their worst movies, but like in Stallone's case, I've always wanted to have him on this pod and not talk to about To talk about softcorn porn days. Why not? Not talk about Rocky, not talk about Rambo. Talk about Nighthawks, Copland. But that's another idea that's deep into the Earl Skakel brainwaves. Back to Karate Kid I don't 3. I know what's in your deep Earl Skakel brainwaves. 
Back Girl. to Karate Kid 3. Um, I think it sets up the best of the three movies with the TV series because it's so over the top. And, you know, there weren't necessarily plot holes. That teenage to... girl? What the fuck? Well, here's the wackadoon part. Robin Lively, who I guess technically played the love interest, producers like halfway into filming were like, oh, she's only 16. We can't, like, we can't have her, like, getting it on with a 30-year-old. So they had to minimize her role. Would you have done that any differently? Maybe not cast a 16-year-old? Yeah. Because she can't film as long as he can. Hour-wise. But don't you think they would have, like, researched that a little bit? I mean... Like, oh, uh, this girl's 16, Ralph Macchio's 30. Uh, why don't we just cast a 24-year-old actress? It was the 80s, though. They probably didn't think about it until they got into the editing, and they are like, uh-oh. Because some producer was like, uh, we're going to get canceled for this. Because it, and it, there is some interesting facts about this movie that, you know, looking back, caused some of the disjointedness of the script. Uh, Martin Cove, who, of course, plays Sensei John Kreese, was only in, like, the first three scenes. He was supposed to be in it for most of the movie, but then he had other filming commitments. What was he filming? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure some movies that never went anywhere. And uh, Boy, that really panned out for him. So that, uh, you know, kind of doesn't... You'd think he'd be in it, at least come back in the end of the movie for the... You know, he wasn't... He was in the championship. He said, but that was... And even that was kind of rushed. You got... Didn't you feel the final they fight scene? They probably had him for a week, and they shot all those scenes in that week's time. The championship, him at the dojo... Him getting massaged in the uh, Polynesian. Yeah. But i that's the only thing I didn't like about Karate Kid 3 was the fight scene. You know, like the first movie, it's this great, long, semi-drawn-out tournament where there's different fights. They build to the final fight. Big, It's like a song. Big crescendo at the end. This one was just... He didn't even win any points other than the last... Yeah, because it was final death. Duh. No, but I mean, like, I, I can't remember him doing well. Do you know what those are called? Plot holes. But, like you said, it was the 80s. This film came out in 1989. Most 80s movies you show me are terrible. It was a different era. Uh, Bad writing? No, it was the 80s films. It was chuckle yucks. It was just like... Like this, that military school movie you made me watch. You're like, you're like laughing, and you were like, "This is the funniest movie I've ever seen." And I was like, "I want to stab everyone that made this movie." Now, the movie that Chandler is talking about, I thought has a precursor to Karate Kid Three. I would show Chandler Ralph Macchio's very first movie. It's a 1980 movie called Up the Academy that was so bad, admittedly. The lead actor, Ron Liebman, who I think was nominated for an Academy Award, uh, asked for his name to be taken out of the title or out of the credits. Mad Magazine, which financed the movie, took their name out of the credits. I mean, it was like... it was trash. But I think it was... Uh, it built a cult following. As many movies from the 80s that did not do well in the box office would later on uh, do also a very similar movie in terms of that regard was the loose sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High with Sean Penn's brother. It's called The Wildlife with a cameo by Kevin Peter Hall, the Predator, as the strip club bouncer and comedy store paid regular, the great Check It Out. No one knows who any of these people are that you're talking about. Angel Salazar. So up the academy, uh, typical. It was like a Porky's American Pie type movie. And here's the crazy thing about this business. And you're behind the camera. I'm in front of the camera. Like I look at that movie, and to me, the funniest kid in that movie. First of all, it was made by Robert Downey Jr.'s dad. 
and has a little bit of a, we talk about Thomas Ian Griffith being an extra in a Miami Vice episode. Robert Downey Jr. was an extra in Up the Academy and one soccer scene. And now he's the biggest actor in the world. So I mean, I don't know if he's the biggest actor in the who's world. Who's bigger than Robert Downey Jr.? The Rock. I mean, he's up there. Leonardo DiCaprio. Stop. Um. Well, he's up there. He's top five. Would you give it? Would you give him that? Top five. Mm, Ryan Gosling. I mean, he's Iron Man. He's the top Marvel person. I would say. So, to all you actors out there, to all you roast battle comics and comics. You're starting at the bottom. Just think Robert Downey Jr., arguably one of the biggest actors well, in the world. Well, he also had a famous dad that was a director. It doesn't matter. Mm. He's Iron Man. So you can start at the bottom and make it. If you have a rich dad. So, well, hey, man, whatever. I had a rich dad till he went deep on an Amazon oil drink. I want to talk about that. You seem like you do. What the fuck? So if you're uh, Earl's movie picks, uh, Up the Academy, 1980s on Amazon Prime, and you must, I'm telling you guys, you must watch Karate Kid 3 before this season of Cobra Kai. You're going to be totally lost. Uh, Chandler was lost last season. Uh, No, I wasn't. Yes, you were, because you didn't get the flashbacks to the Vietnam scenes, which were all based off of Karate Kid 3. I got enough. I mean, I'm not saying it's the Da Vinci Code, but you probably were like, "What's? I don't understand this." I was like, "Oh, he's got a buddy." Yes, he has a buddy. I guess. Um, what did you think about that movie, Parallel Mothers? We watched. I liked it. We, uh, you know, every now and then I'll go see a movie that Chandler wants to see. You know, I forced her to watch. Uh, in one week up the Academy and Karate Kid 3. So I thought it was only fair that I see one of her movies. It's a movie starring uh, Penelope Cruz mm-hmm. and a bunch of other uh, Spanish. Yeah, it was in Spanish. Uh, and it was uh, subtitles because it's all in Spanish. Uh, it wasn't that bad, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it was just long. It was like a thriller, dark drama uh, about these babies who get switched at birth. But I feel like the weird thing, every time, I, and you tell me this if you feel this way too, every time I watch Spanish films particularly, they're really good. Um, I just, there's, and I guess it's a cultural difference. There's like things they do in the movie that I'm like, that would never happen. Like, why are you being so casual about that? That's so chill of a reaction, one. And two, instead of it being like a three-part act, like broken down, like regular movie format, it's like five. So the movies are always like two, two and a half hours or three. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so long. Why do you have so many storylines? But other than that, I liked it. I can see why it has good reviews. It was very good acting. I thought the blonde girl, the young girl. She was stunning. Who, who played the other mother. Uh, just a natural beauty and a uh, very good actress. Yeah. Uh, she had good chemistry with Penelope Cruz and uh, the, the guy uh, who played the lead male. Yeah. He was pretty good. He reminded me of the guy from uh, Money Heist. Heist. Money Heist, yeah. Uh, is, that's not the same guy, was it? No. By the way, me and Chandler never finished Money Heist. It's literally like the longest television show. I've... It's too long. I like the bad guy. I uh, want you to watch Squid Games. That's not going to happen. Why not? Uh, you know, it's just, I'm not interested in it at all. It's not subtitles. It's, how are you not interested in it? It's a game where people get murdered. Poor people get murdered in playing games for rich people's pleasure. Well, I like the story behind it. and It was really like an Asian Rocky in the sense of, you know, every studio passed on it for like the last 10 years. And now it's the biggest show in the world. So I like it for that. But, but that's why I think you should watch it. I think you'd enjoy it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I might pick it up at some point. Um, fake, fake. Now, what I'm excited about, and we may both have to watch Karate Kid, uh, the next Karate Kid, because I believe, I'll guess this. Would you say, now as a filmmaker, as someone who's been on big movie sets, yeah, 
would you say that potentially for Cobra Kai season five, that they would try and talk Hillary Swank? I already said that. I said that when we watched this movie, the third. I said, I bet they'll try to get Hillary Swank to come back. And my one of my favorite character actors, he was in Top Gun. He was also the original choice for RoboCop. The great, and he was the bad guy in The Next Karate Kid. The great Michael Ironside. You think they'll ask uh, Will Smith's kid? I think that would, see, I think, and I think I brought that up to you. I think when they do their final season, I'll guess Cobra Kai will go six seasons. You do one based off the next Karate Kid, and then season six is you you just throw everything out there. And I think that would be really funny if they had some scene. How old do you think Will Smith's kid is? Mm, In his 20s? He's a little bit younger than me, yeah. I think that would be so funny. If, even if it's just a quick scene where Ralph Mott, here's the scene. Now, you're a writer. I'm a performer. You're much more of a writer than I am. They're at the car dealership. Will Smith's kid comes in to buy a car and says, who are you? <laughs> Don't you think that would be funny? You have the two karate kids? Um, Maybe. Just something like that. It would be just yeah. kind of silly. And then he leaves. And then he doesn't buy the car. What the? And then Jackie the? Chan comes in and goes, uh, don't I know you? Or, you know. Just, you Is know. there any Asian kids that are like the new Jackie Chan? Well, they kind of d- tailed off after Jet Lee. He was like, you know, there was Van Damme, who's obviously not Asian, but they needed a new action, like, karate guy. Well, Bruce Lee's the original, isn't he? Bruce Lee. It went, here's the, in terms of Asian uh, people, you had Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, are we talking American or worldwide? We say worldwide. You had Bruce Lee and uh, the great who was in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Also in Bloodsport. He's mostly known for Bloodsport and Enter the Dragon. The great Bolo Young, who was the gigantic, uh, he almost looked like an Asian Schwarzenegger. He was just, had this, not many Asian uh, men are like bodybuilders. He was a world-class karate and, and bodybuilder, I guess you'd say. Outside of him, and then you had uh, Brandon Lee, who was mysteriously killed by the mafia on a film set. And he would have been the next Bruce Lee because he, he was very good. How did he on a movie set? Um, gone. It was eerily uh, in the Bruce Lee movie Game of Death. He was shot in the movie. He faked his own death by getting shot in a fight scene. So he could uh, get the bad guys, and they wouldn't know he was alive. Brandon Lee was shot in a almost identical scene to that movie. Um, so he would have been the next, you know, Asian. Star. Oh, so he died on set. He was shot on. He set. died on set. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as a filmmaker, I don't think I would ever make you watch Game of Death, but I would love to watch it. Because it's an okay movie. They had 10 minutes of footage of Bruce Lee filming Game of Death, and then he died. Mm-hmm. So 1979, that's in 1973. For some reason, six years later, probably to make money, the film company says, we're going to finish Game of Death. Like, we only have 10 minutes of film of him. Like, and six of that of those 10 minutes for the very famous fight scene i know i'm probably going to bore you with the karate talk but it has something to do bruce lee wanted to showcase the five systems of karate so in the the big fight scene he fights one style on the first floor second style on the second floor and then he gets all the way to the fifth floor and beats up the ba- the main bad guy that's the very famous fight scene where he fights the basketball player Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
which is a great scene to watch because Bruce Lee was probably your height, maybe a little taller. Kareem seven foot two, and so it's a very fun scene to watch two men of complete opposite physical. So they basically have that scene or those scenes shot, maybe one or two scenes, and then that's it. The movie's like an hour and a half. So they completed the movie by cardboard cutouts of his face, um, stunt doubles, uh, you know, just the back of his head a lot in the movie. Like it's, I think it would be fascinating for you to watch that movie just in terms of how they finished a movie that was seven years old and the star was dead. I don't think there's ever been anything like that since. Has there? I mean... When the Joker died, when Heath Ledger died? Where, where... There was a couple of scenes I needed to finish with him, but Philip Seymour Hoffman died. We had two movies to finish with him. He died during the first one, and we just CGI'd him for the rest of his scenes and then wrote out most of them. So I think nowadays they just CGI you. Well, but if that wasn't an option back in 79. Yeah. So it is like it, there's a fight scene uh, with um, Bob Wall, who was was Bruce Lee's best friend, in a, in a locker room where uh, they took clips from some of Bruce Lee's other movies. The fight scene happened in a locker room, so they took these clips that looked like they maybe could have been in the same room and the way they cut them to act like it was that it was amazing how they did it I, like i'm fascinated by how they finished the movie and uh that's game of death for those of you who haven't seen it yet it's probably on amazon or something um i'm trying to think of other movies where the actor died uh or like weird well like back to the future was well shot strangely because they filmed half of it with the actor eric stoltz mm -hmm. and then i think steven spielberg was like and eric stoltz is a great actor you know pulp fiction many many other movies i think steven spielberg was like he's not funny he's almost too good of an actor for this like it's it's not translating and then michael j fox became available so they left some of the eric stoltz scenes in like you see like the from the back and you know i like weird movie stories like that have you ever been on a movie that had like a weird shooting stuff like that did you know that at the same time they were shooting back to the future he was also doing teen wolf on the same lot and he would run across during the day and night scenes to uh shoot both and he did cocaine to stay awake. That's how his cocaine addiction started. Because production assistants would go get him cocaine to stay awake for like multiple days at a time and shoot scenes. I did not know that. I mean, the only other story I've heard like that is uh, Bruce Willis when he was shooting Die Hard. By the way, he was like the seventh choice for Die Hard, which is funny to me. Um, he was also filming the TV show 30-somethings with Sybil Shepherd. So uh, I can only imagine because if you notice, most of the, his scenes in Die Hard were at night. Yeah, but if it's in the, if it's inside a building, they can shoot day for night, so they can shoot stuff during the day for night. Which I know that you probably don't. I'm dying up here. You should know that. Uh, well, yeah, I think well, most of the scene, well, all the comedy scenes were obviously at night in terms of the the comedy club. But you would shoot them during the day because you're on a law. Yeah, but I I really wish. For the rap party, at least for one of the seasons, one of the two seasons, they had a comedy show with all the comics on the show. And especially the main, what was considered the main room, um, because it was a fully functioning comedy club. They had a, a bar, they had a kitchen that, you know, obviously I don't think the kitchen was operational, but I think it could have been. Um, and even what was considered their original room which was called the cellar in the uh, the show was like you could have had a uh, a, a working comedy show in there. I, I thought that that would have been. Did the Shore family get mad when the comedy or when I'm dying up here the book came out? I don't think paints, they were pleased. It paints uh, uh, Missy in a bad light. Uh, well, I mean, Mitzi was. Uh, you know, I think we were talking about this the other night. You know, think of 
how tough she had it being essentially the only female in the 70s in a male-dominated business. I mean... And being a single mom. Yeah, I mean, it, it was... I can only imagine the tough exterior that she had to uh, throw out there to... You know, I can imagine the sexism that she faced. And I think they addressed it a little bit, and I'm dying up here, where she had to go up against male executives and they wouldn't take her seriously. But, uh, you know, I think it's Comedy Source coming up on their uh, 50th anniversary. So that's crazy. I know. Uh, it's, uh, I think, 73. So I guess it would be 2023. Um, but uh, Comedy Source is back. How did you get your job on I'm Dying Up Here, if you don't mind me asking? Well, it's going to involve me talking about uh, a show that uh, I've said a lot of negative things about. But one night during Roast Battle, uh, one of the producers was up there. And uh, this was a night where I was on fire at the haters table by myself. And I remember seeing this guy, Michael Aguilar. Who's pretty big? Steven Spielberg and um, Jim Carrey. I remember him whispering into Jerron Horton's ear. Jerron Horton, very funny comic, uh, wrote on the show, and uh, apparently Jerron told me later. Michael was like, "Who's that guy over there? He'd be perfect for this role of a bitter late night comic, Al Sims." And uh, so I thank you to Jerron Horton for. Uh, I didn't even have to audition for the show. That's great. Well, did anyone else have to audition that got it from the comedy store? Well, I mean, my my role was pretty small, so I, it's not like I was one of the main characters, but I think everyone else had to audition. And it's not like you were playing too close or too far from your wheelhouse. Or yeah, I mean. Just playing a bitter scumbag. They essentially, well, I, here's the funniest thing about that uh, part. The other writer on the show came up to me near the end of season two which is why i'm bummed out there wasn't a season three he's like hey man we really love you and we want to give you more of a uh, a presence on the show because we know you're like you know an actual comic and you know you're not a horrible actor i'm like come on man and he's like all right well you're not the best but you're good enough and i wrote this scene where ari is so desperate uh, that she uh, fools around with you. And the network told me we couldn't do it because they didn't want her getting passed around like that. I'm like, but that was the 70s. But comedy. that's also how most people, well, I hate to say that, but. But that's a lot of 70s. Are, it's even now, though. So. Uh, Men and women are always passed around up there. But it was right around the meet, right around when the Weinstein thing was happening. So I mean, I thought that would have been funny. And then you said, "Hey, is this a bad time to t to make a confession about so, my my own self?" Um. So. <laughs> but you know, we didn't get a season three, so uh, that's all good. Do you uh, want me to buy the rides to make a season three? I think it's a little too late for that. Yeah. Although I do think the writing was a lot better on season two. Uh, mainly due to my friend Brendan Lynch, who's a very dry and dark comic. Uh, he brought a darkness to the show that I think it needed. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the ratings just weren't good enough. I and, like it because Clark played like what Robin Williams was. Yeah, I mean, you had, you know, you had Clark Duke playing a kind of like the Robin Williams-esque character. I think uh, Santino was kind of a mix of Letterman and Bill Hicks. I think it was, yeah, I think it was supposed to be like Bill Hicks. Um, and then, you know, well, Richard Pryor was Richard Pryor. Uh, you know, I guess you would say I was maybe a little bit of a Richard Lewis, Lewis Black type of, ah, fuck this Dean business. Martin. Um, no, I wouldn't say Dean Martin. Mark Maron. Maybe, maybe a little bit of Mark Maron, you know, and then... Uh, Eric Griffin was uh, not sure who he was modeled after. I mean, I wouldn't say Red Fox, but, uh, you know, maybe a Tim Reed who, uh, you know, most people your age would not know, but he was a very big black comic back in the day. Franklin Ajay, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, they never, you know, that's, I think, one of the complaints about the show was, you know, you had like obviously Richard Pryor in it, 
So, okay, he's, that's Richard Pryor, but who's Santino playing? I don't understand. Who's, okay, Mitzi's, is that Goldie, or is she playing Mitzi? Or, like, there was a confusion, I think, because it wasn't directly. I think they had to change some of the names legally because they would have been sued. Yeah. Well, there's a couple stories I know they couldn't tell because of that. So I just think, like, when it was on the air, most of my friends were confused about who's who and and you know is, is goldie's the comedy store or is it not and so uh you know but it just uh i don't know a lot of a lot of talented people in that uh, show i mean jake lacy clark michael Argano, you know mm, earl skakel uh, i mean well that's probably one of the highlights of my comedy life is the first season premiere there's a, it was a pretty big buzz about the show just because of jim carrey and it's a packed writer's guild on sunset like you couldn't move it was standing room only it was pretty neat and the head of showtime who i would always sit next to in the table reads like i i could touch his leg did you touch his leg i did just trying to keep my role in this show <laughs> and uh so he's thanking Jim Carrey. He's like, I'd like to thank the cast now. Clark Duke, Michael Argano, Ari Grainer, uh, Jake Lacey, Eric Griffin, Al Madrigal, and Earl Skakel. And he said it right as a comedy central exec from Roast Battle was sitting there looking at me. And I was just like, yeah, suck on that. So uh, it's the little things like that that keep my fuel going just saying thank you well i mean how cool is that the head of show he probably didn't know my name uh because those table reads were you know i only had like one line every other episode so trust me you're memorable especially your voice you're out of control man some of the stuff you said you got to be careful with that well i did guess i think the biggest laugh i got at a table read was the free gruel line you know my last line in, in the last episode we're still getting free gruel, right? Because I had one line in that episode. So Santino's got this amazing dialogue with uh, Melissa. And, you know, he's got this big speech he gives to all of us in the diner. And I just had the one line of uh, the free gruel and the whole room. But that's something you'd say in real life because yeah. you are motivated by food. The whole room erupted. I had a showtime guys laughing. All the executives are laughing. And then... Uh, you're the comic relief man. Well, I've, I'm uh, I'm like the knuckleball uh, in the in a series of fastballs. I'm the knuckleball that comes in. And just when leaves. did your voice drop? Uh, it's gotten deeper, it, more in my forties than. Uh, like, were you walking around as a teenager with a deep voice? I mean, I've always had kind of of a deep voice, but it, it's definitely the deepest it's ever been um which is great for uh, the cartoon uh world i'm in but it's also tough in the cartoon world i'm in because now i'm going up against literally darth vader and he's obviously gonna get is he, he still alive yeah james earl jones earl i know the two top deep voice actors and uh, your name is earl james skakel what the what the <laughs> Um, so that's kind of funny that I go up. It's kind of surreal to say I go up for the same parts. May the best Earl win. Well, he's probably going to get most gigs. I have to hope. He well, with that attitude. But I have to hope he passes on stuff. And then, you know, it goes to guys like uh, your old boss and, um, you know, other, you know, Patrick Warburton. And, and you know, I have to for me to get uh, fat voiceover roles, I have to hope everyone passes. And then that's the business. Oh, I'll take it though. I mean, uh, it's, uh, I never thought I'd say this. I've said it many times on this podcast that voiceover is a hundred times harder than stand up because you're not really going. Up I here. got something a hundred times harder. <laughs> uh, anyway, why is it okay for you to burp in the microphone multiple times, but I can't make a joke? Cause it's my podcast. <laughs> You're so I'm whiny. the number one guy. You're in such here. a whiny baby. So Lois, do you have anything to say? Lois is chilling right now. I have Lois back for the holidays. She's uh, fat. 
She is getting chubby. She misses Annie, the amazing German shepherd. She literally, her body is like the size of a watermelon. Her head's the size of an apple. I know. She got a little muffin head. <laughs> but the rest of her body looks like the box the muffins came in. So What the? Or she just got mad and peed on the couch. Well, that's a- I wouldn't put it past her. I mean, she's 12, 13 years old now. So uh, What are you going to do when Lois I'm gonna be sad when Lois dies. Uh, I probably won't. Would get you a... get her stuffed? No, I probably won't get another dog for a while. But uh, uh, no, we're gonna get a dog. You know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Do you want to get a turtle? No, I don't want to get a fucking turtle. <laughs> so, do you uh, know how to ride a bike? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Uh, you don't know how to play Uno, so... I don't even know what Uno is. It's a card game. Well, we're not going to talk about that on a podcast. We can talk about whatever I say. All right, so that's the way it is. December 27th, 2021. This might be the last episode that's free. 2022, Inappropriate Earls going to Patreon. We've given you six years of free content. You can throw a bone. Yeah, and it's going to be a tiered um, donation system. You know, my friend Chris told me what he does on his one, five, or ten dollars. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to rip off my fans, but uh, like Chandler said, six years of free content. Uh, you know, give what you can. But I think on there is going to be good because you're going to not just do your podcast. You're going to be posting like stand up stuff. And yeah, be uh, it's not going to. Yeah, it's going to be like I'm going to do more Instagram world, more Instagram lives, more Facebook lives uh, that will be special uh, content you can only get on the Patreon. And, uh, you know, I'm going to his nudes are going to be for sale. Might be on OnlyFans. You can do it on Patreon. My one dick pic. And. you know, that's uh, $25 minimum uh, to see that. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, we're going to make it fun. We're, it's going to be worth whatever you uh, want to pay. It's not going to be, I'm not going to be lazy. Um, and frankly, it'll motivate me to put out more content if I know people are paying for it. Uh, I do apologize for the last year or so where i was not lazy but i just you know after i got you fell off the wagon well after i got shadow banned on itunes i just was like well why put out an hour or two podcasts if few people are going to listen to it and you became an alcoholic so um leave a review subscribe and rate on apple Podcasts. it does help the algorithm and like I said at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we're now putting on uh, when able to youtube.com backslash Earl Skakel full episodes. I think we have five or six up, including ones with uh, Brian E. Thompson, the bad guy from Cobra, Pat Oswalt, and the latest episode, Michael Fractor from the Netflix show 20 Somethings Austin. He's very cool. Very. Uh, what I liked about Michael was he's a new comic. He admits he's new, and he has a lot of room to grow. And uh, so become a fan of Michael Fractor. Reach out to him on Instagram and, uh, you know, listen to his episode and let him know how you liked it. Chandler, anything else uh, you got coming up in the new year people should be uh, watching for? Are you writing on any new shows or anything? Uh, I wrote a show that my friend and I are shooting in January. What's it about? Um, it's kind of a mockumentary style. My my best friend Max Fru and I we've been writing together for years, and we started a production company, and we had a documentary that came out this year that won a few awards, got into a few festivals about the Alaskan salmon fishing, and now we are doing a lot of dark comedy and just silly, bringing back comedy. So we're shooting a comedic mockumentary about two uh two wilderness people talk about the salmon fishing documentary because i told my two friends about it who are my hockey jersey friends and they 
messaged me back the next day say we loved it so it's a documentary i mainly just helped produce um my writing partner max was the one that really directed it and i helped in editing and everything but he has been going to alaska for 10 years now to salmon fish in the summer and the documentary follows this crew that he's worked with heavily and he basic it takes place in bristol bay alaska and it talks about the community there and it follows a female ship captain which is really rare for alaska or in even in the world and um it kind of shows how she got pushed into the salmon fishing community at a young age and has kind of always been there and it's really eye-opening to just see different parts of the world it's beautiful scenery and you know you learn a lot about fishing industry so which is dangerous yeah they see like they have people die every single year it's it's wild like i never it's competitive like there's they're they're gangs like the fishing they're all gangs so if you get on their land or you get on the part that you don't have a permit to fish if you get a permit for a certain spot to fish on in the ocean or in like the like lake parts of the bay um no one else is allowed to over there and you can then like you can get arrested for it but like they get in fights but like people get shot over that kind of stuff because potentially they're getting into your area of the water that's worth a half a million dollars of like how much fish are in there and then i would imagine in alaska waters that's like you know they say the best sushi in the world comes from japan which is the ocean over there uh that the quality of the salmon like you know that salmon that max brought yeah that was the salmon from our documentary that was uh amazing yeah so max every year brings us salmon straight from the boat that he caught and they cut and packaged for us so this year he brought us a few fillet giant giant fillets of fresh salmon that he had caught in them during the documentary and yeah you know we we produced funded edited all this ourselves and it's exciting it's cool it's on youtube if you want to watch it and what's it called it's called mud walkers m-u-d-w-a-l-k-e-r-s and it's on our youtube channel dark ideas production and uh i'll end the podcast on this um i'll assuming a lot of you people follow me on twitter uh i am doing the uh, worst of la comedy awards and uh, I, are you really yes and i've got the um categories uh you can dm me only on twitter and here are the categories it's just fun uh i have uh no say in the uh people who get voted on so uh, here are, if you want, that's at Earl Skakel. I'm at Earl Skakel on everything. Uh, Chandler, where are you on Twitter? Uh, at Chandler Barbie. And on Instagram? At Chandler Barbie. And TikTok's at? Chan Barbie. So follow Chandler. She's amazing on TikTok. Really puts in a lot of time. So like, uh, there's a lot of lazy people on TikTok who just, like me, who just crank out awful videos. Uh, I'm just lazy. Chandler puts out like fully edited uh, work with music and uh, you know it, it's really funny so uh, follow her on that uh, I'm at Earl Skakel on everything uh, so here are the uh, Earl Skakel comedy awards uh, and you, it, I guess it's specific to people who are in Los Angeles um, and uh, there's four uh, sections of comedy awards uh, section number one is worst comedy club uh, Worst Roast Battle Comic, Worst Outdoor Comedy Show, Worst Comedy Booker, Worst Male Comic, and that takes up Section 1. We're going to go to Section 2 here. Uh, I hope you're writing these down. And then uh, here is Section 2. Obviously, if we have Worst Male Comic, we must have a Worst Female Comic. Uh, Worst Creeper, that's a guy who's just... Loitering around clubs trying to get laid. Uh, worst whore. Uh, worst loiterer at the improv bar. 
Why would it be worse for it? Why wouldn't it be biggest for? Well, just worst. It, these are my awards. You okay. start your own awards. <laughs> uh, worst loiterer at the improv bar. If you've ever been to the improv, there's just a bunch of comics who never get up at the improv, but they loiter at the bar like lost shelter dogs. A shout out to Julie, the bartender at the improv, and Eddie, the legend of Eddie. If you've ever been to the improv bar, your drink has been served to you by Eddie or Julie. Uh, worst loiterer at the comedy store patio. Worst manager. So uh, that's section two of the Earl Skakel Comedy Awards. I have to pull up section three. Um, once again, you can only vote once. Are uh, you going to, is this going to be the first show on your Patreon as you doing an award show? Uh, this might be. I, uh, I I had planned to announce once. We should set up and you should wear a tuxedo shirt. <laughs> hand out awards uh worst new comic from another profession uh what that award is entailing is you know an actor an mma fighter you know whoever you want it to be uh worst comic podcaster worst podcast and yes you can vote for inappropriate or or me and if i win i win and uh, uh miscellaneous we have some miscellaneous awards the how are they still in business lifetime achievement award um that could go to a comedy club it could go to um you know uh, a comedy uh venue uh, or whatever and uh, here's section four sorry these are all listed individually um and this is the section four part of the earl scale comedy awards once again winners or if you want to think of it that way losers will be announced january 1st uh, best 80s action movie jokes. Um, worst ass kisser. Uh, by the way, that uh, award has basically already been handed out. Uh, this particular person has... I have 187 people who have DM'd me. 185 people have voted for this person. As the ass kisser? Yes. So Wait, it, can I mouth it to you? Uh, no, no, it's not who you think it is. It's it's. Is it's, it someone that lives in Austin now? Uh, no, no, it's they're still out here. I I cannot give away clues because it's just. Oh, I bet I know who it is. Uh, no, you don't. But uh, I do. Worst uh, comedy festival. Wait, just when you start relisting them, I'm just gonna name people. <laughs> uh, well, you just... can't. You can't influence your vote. You can't I'm live voting. You have to DM me on Twitter. Man. Um, and then once again, uh, vote once, and uh, you did can... you do worst dressed on stage? Uh, that could be another one, uh, but you have four days to vote. What about the comic with the prettiest partner? Um, that could be... Uh, that would be me. That could uh, be uh, one. Uh, You'd win because me. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, L.A. comedy, it can be uh, aggressive and it can be uh, filled with uh, insincere people. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to bring a little bit of levity. This is the first annual Earl Skakel Los Angeles Comedy Awards. Uh, just fun. You know, don't take it personally. If you win a category, I have no control over the votes. The ESLACA, Earl so, Skakel LA Comedy Awards. And, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, make people laugh. Uh, if you followed me on Twitter the last few weeks you know i have uh is this what you've been doing over there on your ipad the last few days uh yes and no i've also done a mount rushmore which is you know the four presidents the four u.s presidents uh you can also apply mount rushmore to the world of pro wrestling so i've been doing that uh, you know the the mount rushmore of female pro wrestlers the mount rushmore of bad guys the mount rushmore of good storylines and uh so that's what I've been doing on Twitter lately. And it's quite popular. It's, it's probably the most popular thing I've done on my Twitter because people get into it. How could you leave off Hulk Hogan or this person or that person? So you could do a Mount Rushmore of porn. Uh, you know, you could really do a Mount Rushmore of television writers. That would be Mount Gushmore. Hello. That's the writer's brain right there. Chandler Barbie. Uh, when is the fourth season of Holy Moly coming out? I don't fucking know. Okay, I'm sure ABC loves that promotion. Um, this has been 
another episode of Inappropriate Earl where we just babble. Just a, boing, fun, boing, boing, boing. Just a fun episode with me and Chandler. Uh, so and Lois and her fleas. Lois is just chilling right now, spread eagle, like a comic at a pool party. Um, so Cobra Kai season four comes out New Year's Eve. But you got to watch Karate Kid 3 to get it. And then when uh, season five comes out, you're going to have to, I'll assume you're going to have to watch the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing, it's my prediction now, Cobra Kai will go six seasons. And, yeah. you know, season five will be about Hilary Swank. Season six is they'll find some way to. How would you? Let's leave the podcast I think on this. It'll go as how would you end it? Money. But how, well, I mean, listen. Uh, some shows, uh, like I liked how the Shield did it. The Shield, I believe, went. I want to say five seasons. It could have gone six, but they kind of, you know, left it. The Wire went five seasons. Definitely could have gone one more too. How do you think? How would you now that you've watched? All the Karate Kid movies. You've seen every season of Cobra Kai. Let's say they do the Hillary Swank season. How would you end the series? Um, Ralph Macchio dies in a car crash. On his way to the tournament? Yeah. I mean, hey, whatever. Uh, and then Sensei John Kreese and Johnny get back together. And start making out. And uh, film. Well, here's the one person. They get in trouble for all me too and each other. And this is what I well, by the way, and that gets me into something I might try and work into a bit. There's a lot of gay shit happening on the Karate Kid. You got Mr. Miyagi and Daniel. He's got a weird control over Daniel. You've got Sensei Kreese got a weird control over uh Johnny. And now you've got Terry Silver, who's got a weird control. Maybe over. that's why you like it so much. Yeah, there's some weird shit going on there. Definitely approaching Sandusky territory, but uh, we'll get into it uh, with each season goes by. Uh, kids need karate just to get away from the karate masters. Hello! Uh, this has been Earl Skakel. Boy, Inappropriate Earl on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud for now. Chandler Barbie. Follow her at Twitter and Instagram at Chandler Barbie. TikTok at Chan Barbie. Lois Skakel. You can follow me everywhere, including TikTok at Earl Skakel. And uh, I've been proficient lately on Twitter. So uh, Facebook, not so much. Instagram is more for the pictures uh, when I'm performing and messing around around town. Now you can get paid on Instagram with videos. Yeah, now I'm uh, trying to come up with uh, more reels. Just because, uh, you know, you can't make a fortune. But you, it's nice that they give you a couple bucks for content, um, which they should have been doing all along. But uh, welcome to uh, the Instagram world. Uh, you know, it's just the way. Uh, why do you think, Chandler, now you're very uh, into the social media. Why do you think they are now paying people? To compete with YouTube. Because YouTube, uh, you know, I think you start to make money someone told me after you have 10,000 subscribers that's the same on tiktok after you hit 10,000 mm -hmm. you, you get some i think it's a thousand or yeah it is 10,000 well i noticed when i passed 10,000 followers on instagram i started getting uh more offers of because you can do ads uh money uh so it, it does kind of motivate you to go oh i can make a couple bucks doing this um but uh, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not very good on TikTok. I would say I peak on Twitter, Instagram. I'm okay with some pictures, and Facebook I just keep for the people who don't do Instagram or Twitter. It's funny how age-wise, I think older people skew towards Facebook, uh, and Twitter is for semi-older people, and then Instagram and TikTok are for the kids. So uh, I appreciate the love and support. Um, go to the YouTube page if you are not a subscriber already because that's something where you could really crack the algorithm code the more subscriptions you have. And uh, frankly, none of my videos do very well on there, at least the ones from the last year, but they're getting a little better. 
uh, I think the Patton Oswalt one is. So the, give it a like, you hoes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Patton Oswalt one is my most popular of the ones I've done the last year, and that has like 300 views. So, uh, you know, guys, I'm doing my best, trying to be a little more proactive. And I uh, hope you guys follow me on the journey of 2022. If I don't do another episode between now and uh, December 31st, have a safe and happy New Year's. Uh, I'm not going to tell you to mask up and social distance. Just wash your hands, you nasties. Wash your hands. Maybe take some vitamins. Work out. I'm not saying you have to be like Schwarzenegger and pumping iron, but go for a walk. Don't touch disgusting people. You know, as much uh, filth as me and Chandler are around, all the germs and disgust we are around, we haven't gotten it because our immune systems are like pit bulls at Michael Vick's house. We like the sidewalk every day. So uh, we'll see you soon in 2022.